All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode, season two, Go With The Flow. Very excited to be here. Got a very special guest in the building. Um, wait, Muhammad. Do you go by Mo or Muhammad? Uh, well, actually, my, my passport name is Muhammad Hamza, but most people just call me Mo. Okay, gotcha. So Mo was in the Olympics this summer, which is yes. pretty cool. <laughs> also in the Olympics in 2016, which we will get a lot into but the way that i've always started the episodes last season is just asking people or my guests where they're from stuff they do on campus major just general like background yeah. information uh well where i'm from is egypt um i was born in houston texas uh but lately i've been living in egypt for like the past three years okay um obviously with the online thing and stuff so um, I also took a gap year two years ago. So that's when I, like, moved back with my family to Egypt. Um, around campus, I'm in the fencing team, and I'm studying MA. Nice. And so you took you actually took your gap year before COVID. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. what was it, What was the reason for that? Uh, just to, like, so I made, like, a quote-unquote, like, pact with my team at the time that we'd just drop everything for a year so we could focus on uh, qualifying for Tokyo pretty much and then making the most out of it because we were expecting that we'd probably qualify yeah like, you know we, we got to like maintain our training and our ranking and everything but because we knew we had a good shot at it we also wanted to push ourselves so we could actually like accomplish something at Tokyo gotcha and how so how big was the group of you that decided to do that and was it were there other college students or would you say you were probably making the biggest sacrifice as a college student just dropping everything in? there was one other college student okay he's a senior he's a semester left uh he goes to penn state his name's also muhammad nice <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah the other two were in their 30s um and late 20s so they were, already had jobs or were just coaching as fen uh, like fencers trying to learn how to become coaches. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I feel like giving up a year of your, like, school year, pretty much, like, school career, uh, putting a pause to that is kind of, it's a sizable sacrifice, but also, like, just telling your job, like, I'm not going to show up for a year to come back. It's also pretty sizable. I feel like that has more responsibility as well. Yeah, and then even, it must be even that much more weird because when you took the time off, things were relatively normal pre-pandemic yeah and then you come back and it's like ah wow. back to back to zoom school was, yeah <laughs> being back to zoom was not not what i expected after a year off yeah but actually we will get we will dive way more into fencing and the olympics in a little bit but yeah. at first i want to actually just speak about being back on campus so were you where were you, where were you located for the last uh zoom semester of the last school uh, year back in egypt okay gotcha what uh, was that time difference it's a uh, seven hours um and then six hours after daylight savings. Gotcha. So you are yeah. probably very happy to be back on oh, campus. Very, very happy to be back. <laughs> so yeah, first question: Just how does it how does it feel to be back? Do you do, do things feel pretty normal to you? How would you say you've the last few days have been? Because we are now recording this after we've had our first three days of classes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, going through our you know our fake week, three days. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen like a lot of people. Um, it's kind of weird that like I have so many friends that I made from freshman year who are now juniors and seniors because some of them took gap years, some of them didn't. But it's also kind of nice because it's like a nice icebreaker because they'll introduce me to new people. And so it's not like I'm just like 
I'm just like surrounded by only people in my year now. Like I'll get to know people from all other years. And then I'm also on the fencing team. So it makes it easier for me to know some freshmen. And then they introduce me to their friends and all. So I feel like the social aspect is fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, uh, it's nice seeing people again after so two and a half years. Yeah. It's not pretty, pretty convenient, you know, just to be able to just actually have conversations with people like you haven't had with in a while, but like just to talk about like, things that you always just had in common before. Um, but yeah, um, athletically speaking, we don't, we don't start our season until November. So I'm just like kind of doing my own preseason. I am a captain this year, so we do have captain's practices. Uh, we started those yesterday. So, you know, we're getting the groove of things back on the Jadwin gym, Princeton fencing uh, uh, area. Um, and then for classes, it's kind of, I mean, I have three labs this semester. So that's, way too, of, that's way too many labs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they kind of, what they did was they sent out a bunch of emails over the summer saying certain classes were canceled, certain classes were moved around. I genuinely don't know why, but that means that they had to shift around a couple of schedules. And now I have three three um, labs this semester and no labs next semester. Okay. So, so it's like, it's a rough balance, but. Yeah, this one might be a little bit more intense, and then next next yeah, semester exactly. will be a little chill. It's funny because I also had a class get canceled not during the summer, literally last week. The class I was looking forward to the most got canceled last week, so then I had to scramble and try to find another class that was in that Seriously? time in that same time zone. And I ended up finding a class called the Global History of Monsters, which is a class where we're just going to be watching horror movies I've all heard year. Of that class, and I actually hate horror movies. Like I'm actually terrified, so. It's going to be interesting because the class is either going to get me over that fear of horror movies yeah. or I'm just going to be like terrified ever I go this semester. Well, so I'm in a single right now. So who knows? It, might, uh, it could go one, <laughs> one of two different ways. But on two quick things that you mentioned, one, you said that you feel like socially you're able to meet people in a lot more grades now that we're back. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when I was a freshman, I literally only knew other freshmen. Yeah. And then um, through athletics, I would get to know like my seniors, juniors, sophomores. And every once in a while, they'd introduce me to their friends. Yeah. But like, I feel like now, because everyone has this thing in common where we've all either took a gap year or did a year online. So we've like, we're just eager to just make more friends, just to meet new people, uh, like see new faces and attach their names together. You know what I mean? And then get to know them over a while. I have this issue now. What's I think it's an issue with most people. It's like you meet someone for the first time, but they were wearing a mask. Yeah. So you, they take off their mask. You have no idea who they are. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, you're super embarrassed. You're like, I feel like I should know you. The amount of instances of what, when I, I was playing ping pong in Frist the other day, and this girl walked by who looked like one of my good friends that I hadn't seen in a year and a half. And I paused and I looked at her and she looked at me too. And we stared each other down for like five seconds. Eventually I pull my mask down and she does the same. It just was not who either of us thought it was. Oh. And we're like, that's like, awkward. Okay. And we're like, yeah, sorry about that. Keep walking. So the masks definitely do not help with recognizing people at yeah. all. Um, so say, I feel like in, like if you're outside or like at an eating club or at dinner or stuff like that, I think, feel like eventually you'll get to know them. But if yeah. you're in classes, it might be a bit rough. Yeah. Like, especially if you're in like, like for me, like for BSC, I have to take random humanities classes, mm -hmm. like seven of them for distribution like requirements. So it's like, I feel like I'm not the only one there, but then halfway through like a class, I'll look across and I'll be like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> like, can, can we be like buddies in this class? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> and you mentioned eating clubs, which is something I want to delve into a little bit later. 
But just oh, the one quick thing. I also, it's been weird how, kind of like you mentioned, there's people you haven't seen in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the gap, so for me it's one and a half years, yeah. which I don't know what other group of college students in the history of college could say they had to go a year and a half without seeing some of their closest friends. Yeah. That's just one of those it's, weird. It's pretty long. What, and, yeah, one of those weird situation. pandemic things. Yeah, usually it would be like, the summer and then maybe if they go abroad like exactly. six six months at, yeah, at yeah. most but now it's literally like a year and a half where some of my closest friends who i would text literally like every day i have one person in mind right now texted in a group chat like every day didn't see him in a year and a half until yeah. saw him and dylan a few days ago so oh, it's that's been insane but also for me i think that socially i because i left as a sophomore sophomore spring and that was i think sophomore year when i just joined an eating club was involved in some other stuff that helped me get to know upperclassmen. That was a point where I feel like I knew people who were freshmen, obviously knew sophomores, then knew a bunch of upperclassmen. But now that we've come back, only no seniors and juniors. <laughs> and I see so many faces walking around. I'm like, who, who are you? <laughs> what is going on? So it's kind of interesting that we kind of have it flipped where it's like, you feel like you know more people now and you're able to meet more people. And now I'm like, I know juniors and seniors and everyone else is like, Will I meet you? Probably not. If I do, cool. Yeah, fair enough. I feel like being on the like the team just kind of helps me know more sophomores and freshmen. We also have we technically have like two classes of freshmen, mm-hmm. like because the sophomores kind of kind of yeah, because they've never been on campus like completely, and then they've never been in like a team like at all. Um, so it's like just having them around kind of makes it easier for me to meet people in their grade, but then. Like, my class of 23 now is, like, all people I either met online or just haven't seen yet because they weren't in MAE and I just never shared a class with them. Um, but I know most of the seniors. So it's, like, I feel like I should be there with them. Yeah. But they're all mourning about having a year left, and I'm, like, oh, I, mean, I have two, but, yeah. like, you'll be gone after that. So what am I supposed to do? But, yeah, no, you yeah. should definitely be happy you have two years left. Because that, yeah. that's another thing. I This this first week has been really fun. Um, everything's been a lot a lot more promising than I expected. And I, at, at the same time, I'm ve- on one hand, I'm very happy. But on the other hand, I'm like, damn, we missed out on this for a whole year. This is what we were supposed to be doing, making all these memories, but we weren't able to. So it's hard not to, to focus on what could have been. And it's hard to just be like, okay, now we have this time. Do we just need to soak it all in? But that that feeling of like regret keeps creeping into my mind. Like what could have been? We could have been doing so much on this campus, having so much fun, meeting so many cool people, but yet... The pandemic had to ruin a lot for a lot of people, but it is it is what it is. Yeah. But um, so you mentioned eating clubs. Are you are you in an eating club? Yeah, uh, I'm in TI this year. Okay, nice, nice, nice. What are your thoughts on the clubs? And I'm in Ivy, by the way. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on the clubs being members only up until the 16th? Because I know that's something that's been controversial for both people in the clubs and people not not in the clubs. Yeah, I know. Like the culture is like for people to just like, go on the street regularly, like, from day one, pretty much. Uh, when I was a freshman, I barely went out. Like, I was always either at tournaments or or just paying attention to my classes or whatever or making up a bunch of classes because I <laughs> missed a ton. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I know that that's, like a, like, a whole Princeton culture and, like, a thing here. Um, so it kind of just, like, mess up the whole, like, the, the social kind of mixing that usually happens at the beginning of the year. So I'd say... I'd say, like, I mean, I understand why it's controversial, but I also understand why, like, you got to take, like, the nice and easy steps first before you just start, like, giving everyone all, like, permission and access because it, if it goes wrong at the beginning, there's no way you can go back. But if it's, like, 
you ease your way into like events and stuff. I feel like it would be easier maybe if a situation or like, God forbid, a COVID outbreak or something happens, it might be easier to like check how it works out with members only with smaller crowds or smaller groupings together. And then when it's just like everyone. Yeah. And I get that for sure. And even I, I see both sides of it. I see it from the perspective of people who aren't in clubs who are saying that the clubs are the only, well, not the only, but on our campus, that is the main way of socializing and the main social scene. And we're kind of preventing that whole group of people from being able to access that. But on the other hand, as someone who joined and got kicked off campus like a few weeks later and hasn't really got to spend much time in the club, selfishly, I'm like, I am not mad at the fact that we have these few weeks to be able to build a type of club community that we were supposed to be building over the last year. And even in this first week, I've been able to see that, oh, yeah, we are making such progress to be able to become one one solid group. Like the amount of time I've spent in Ivy is just like, it's absurd. I probably spend way too much time there. And all my friends who are officers, every time they come downstairs and they see me there, they're like, do you think you live here or something? I'm like, no, but you know, we pay these dues. I've missed out on all this time. I'm, I'm going to be in the building a, a lot more this year than I probably should be. Yeah. So I get it. And hopefully in a few weeks, cl the clubs will open up to the rest of the street and then everyone can finally get involved. And then this will just be the story of the past. But for now, I am enjoying the fact that I'm just getting to hang out with my friends, make up for lost time, eat meals, do all that fun stuff that, that we haven't been able to do over over the last year and a half. Yeah, it makes it easier to get to know everyone who's like actually a member in your club before you just lose track of them. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because when it's you, you know your most together, hanging out in the building, members all the, all those nights out are members nights, so you know everyone you're seeing is also in the club. Yeah, yeah. It it helps. It does help to build that sense of community. So. Yeah, things things will be okay, and when come September or not, we are in September, yeah. October, October when things open. No one's gonna remember what happened. They're, ex gonna, ex they're exactly. gonna be excited about what's gonna happen in the future. For sure. Exactly, and both classes of freshmen, they'll be going to their charter Fridays and Colonial <laughs> Fridays and having all that fun, and they'll be like, "Yeah, this will this will all be a thing in the past." But um, so kind of moving back to talking about this school year a little bit, what would you say you're probably most excited for? Um, in person, in person classes um yeah it's something you kind of take for granted until you go through a whole year of zoom university um but yeah just being able to interact with like your friends or students just left and right if you have a question or anything instead of just staying stuck and just being afraid of like unmuting yourself yeah. <laughs> and being the one person who just disrupts the entire class yeah teachers always I've, i have a feeling like teachers are always like oh just interrupt me whenever and stuff but i feel like it really just just like cuts off the flow yeah, of agreed. teaching and everything. Um, so yeah, it's easier for that. And then also like study groups will be a lot easier to manage. Wi-Fi won't be an issue. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get to <laughs> actually work in person, common rooms or whatever. Um, yeah, just generally being back. I mean, I, the one thing I liked about Zoom, um, like online stuff that we did last year was like the accessibility of professors and like office hours. Yeah. Like all you had to do was just sit in a chair, pull up your laptop and just press a link and do you're done. Instead of like, I remember freshman year, I just didn't want to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> the TAs or office hours just cause like I got a bike all the way down. Like, come on, that's not something I want to do. And it's like, it's typically at night. So it's after you've had your long day of classes and your dinner and your training and all that. So you're just tired. You just don't want to go anywhere. Honestly, you're right. And that is one of those things that honestly, I feel like should be able to should should stick going forward because i'm yeah, very similar similarly to you 
going to because I freshman year I started off uh, pre med engineering, so a lot of STEM classes. Mm-hmm. I lived in Holder freshman and sophomore year, so a lot of my classes were all the way down by like fine frick, just very far away. Yeah. And when for physics, I I hate physics. I just have to every time <laughs> physics comes up, I need to put that onto the universe. At physics, single handedly uh, single handedly. I have my that thing year. with chemistry though. With, oh, interesting. No, I, I, love, I, I love physics, math, anything, anything else like that has to do with engineering. Fine, but chemistry, I just ke- can't. that. That's interesting because for me, out of physics, chem, bio, it is chem, uh, bio literally anything else and then physics so that's interesting but yeah i would always because for whatever reason the study sessions for physics would be on sunday night and on a sunday night i'm not trying to go all the way across campus to do the subject that i hate and i'm not very good at right before i start my week of classes so if something was like that was on was online on zoom even definitely you just instantly join it'd just be a lot more like easier just to access and yeah You'd use it more frequently, which would help you as a student as well. Yeah. So honestly, whoever's listening that might be a professor, Osgruber, <laughs> I know President Osgruber, you're on the podcast. I would like to think that you're listening to every each and every single word that I say. This is a, a recommendation coming coming straight from the students. <laughs> but yeah, I also also back to what you were saying about um, looking forward to in person classes. I didn't realize how I had kind of forgotten how to be a student again in the midst of all, yeah. other people because on Zoom you're in class. On just by yourself in your room and the funniest thing to me was I in one of my classes this week I I think my note-taking skills are kind of they've declined a lot so <laughs> I was sitting in lecture everyone had their notes out the professor the professor was saying something said something and everyone started like fiercely typing I was like oh god maybe I should be typing too and I was like oh snap what did they say and try to keep up so just that sort of little, little things that you didn't have to worry about in the past and it's now like Okay, we're yeah. back. I have to learn how to be in an academic setting yeah, all over you again. You get those cues and you're just like, you start panicking. Yeah. Like, what, what is it that I should be writing? That's the like, thing. That's the yeah. thing. Cause that's, I, that's me in almost every humanities class. I'm just like, I don't know what's important <laughs> and what's not. I'm just taking this because I have to at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. That Yeah. But <laughs> I honestly, I love school. Actually, no. I love learning. Don't yeah, love, same. don't love like classes all the other stuff it's so. it's great when you can learn something and apply it right away or even like later on in the semester like you get that that feeling of accomplishment like okay i'm like progressing as a, as a human being in general but then yeah the whole thing about when you focus too much on grades and you focus too much on assignments and due dates like you kind of your passion for just learning kind of just dies, dies away. Down. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I was Gruber, there's another suggestion. <laughs> just, get, just get rid of grading. We already yeah. made it to Princeton. You know, yeah. we're okay. Like, we're somewhat competent. You could get rid of the grading, but even just real quickly on that too, I maintain strongly that over my summers, I've learned significantly more than I have during my time here. So freshman summer, I went to Kenya for two months teaching in a few schools there fantastic experience i have to get someone from that trip on here so we could really delve into that nice. and then last summer i was in new york city doing a finance internship where again nine week program learned significantly more like professional personal different uh, development skills than, yeah. I, than i do sitting in a classroom but yeah i mean you always learn more in the field than you than you would like just learning the theory like theoretical stuff yeah in the yeah. classroom but yeah but i feel like on the note of like grades and stuff, if you really like learning and everything, like it, this doesn't apply to all classes. I have to stress that because some professors just give you horrible exams yeah. <laughs> that don't test anything that you just learned. Um, but like, I mean, if you really like it and you study and you like pay attention, you typically do well. Like those go hand in hand. But 
I would physics from freshman year would like to disagree with. Well, that, I but. said there's certain <laughs> classes. Yeah, there's definitely certain classes where the professors just really have one out for you. Yeah. I, I don't know why his previous reviews are like the class is so easy. They're like easy, okay, okay, I'll show you. Easy. I'll do. Yeah, I'll do something about that. No, yeah. man, that, that always always happens. All right, and so another question: What would you say is one thing that you were not able to do pre-pandemic, like on campus, whether go to sports game, dance show? do a club what is something that you weren't able to do pre-covid that now that we're back and you want to take full advantage of princeton again you're gonna be like okay this is something that i'm definitely gonna take advantage of this year um just uh sounds kind of cliche just expand my wings a bit like just be more out there just mm -hmm. talk to people in general i'm a very introverted individual mm -hmm. um my freshman year i mean everyone who knows me will tell you i barely went out I was always just competitions. I come back, a lot of work to do. And whenever I did have free time, I just used that as like a breather. I was like, I had a single room as well. Mm -hmm. So it really gave me no incentive to go out. I was <laughs> like, hey, I'm just going to sit in this room, watch a couple shows, watch, I don't know, like a TED talk or whatever. Yeah. Just anything <laughs> that- just sat and watch that, TED talks. <laughs> yeah, it's just anything to get my mind off, like the, nice. just everything that I had to do then. The, the nice thing is that, um, and this would have happened anyways if it wasn't for the pandemic, but I'm, I just aged out of juniors okay. uh, since I'm 20 now. So um, I have half as many tournaments, like international tournaments. Um, so I only have one a month with the exception of like a couple months here and there. Um, whereas my freshman year, I literally had a tournament every other week. And in between, I would have a college meet. So. That is excessive yeah, on top had, of being I, a student yeah, also. Yeah. My so. academic advisor told me I missed a third of school. Really? Freshman year. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know how I got through that. Um, but I mean, I, they make exceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I was, I've always been like, it's like when you have a routine of just like missing stuff, working ahead, getting the schedule, doing all that. Like when professors see that you're on top of stuff, they really don't care how many times you miss class. Pretty yeah. much. Just as long as you're not like, getting like heavily like set back or something yeah 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 and honestly this is the unsolicited advice that i'm gonna give you after saying that you just used to sit in your room and not do much <laughs> every i truly want every single person on this campus to yes school is important get do your homework get good grades and all that fun stuff we're all at princeton yeah 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 but there is so much more out there and so many more people to meet and so many more experiences to have that are outside the classroom Go to that dance show, go to that sports game, go to that night out on the street, go do all these different things that you wouldn't otherwise do because those are the memories you're actually going to have for the rest of your life. I will not remember. Okay, no, this is, ex okay, some class, I've taken some cool classes. I don't want to make it sound like I hate every single class that I take. I have taken some cool classes, but most of my favorite memories from the first two years and this last week, and I know for sure over this next year, are things that I've done outside the classroom. So if you're a freshman listening and you're sitting and you're single and you might be a little introverted also, that is all great, but just put yourself out there a little bit and I promise you it'll pay off and you'll we'll get the most out of this university. Yeah. So that is, yes, the, the advice no one asked for, but I'm going to give because I. No, that's important advice. I mean, I feel like, like time flies, to be honest. I think, yeah, the whole pandemic thing, having a year online kind of gave me a different outlook on how actually important it is to just be not extra social, but just be social. Like, you know, yeah. go out there, like introduce yourself, talk, talk to people, listen to their backgrounds, their stories, like 
what they're interested in, what what they plan on doing and all that stuff. It, it After a while, like you said, it pays off. And also, like, college is, is pretty much the only time, especially if you're an international student. I mean, I'm not an international student, but, like, because now I live in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the it's very different in Egypt. Like, you won't have everything this this close together. You won't have this many, like, people living in one region. You won't have um, eating clubs. and Like, you just won't have all these, like, mixes between athletics, academics, and, like, social life, like, all in one. Um, so when you, like, graduate and you just start your, like, adult life pretty much and you're working at a job, nine to five, or whatever it is that you do. Nine to five would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you won't, you, you just, you genuinely won't find, like, the same kind of just vibes and environment pretty much. You just take advantage of the four years. For us, it's, for you, it's, like, two years or three years. Uh, on that campus I, th- I, yeah it's I mean when it's all said and done it's gonna be two and a half exactly like college, take advantage it, of it before it might go away again yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing that's and again I'm gonna cause you asked me why I started the podcast uh, right before we started recording yeah, yeah. I'll answer that in a second but again like you said it is insane to me that I am now in my last year cause the, you, like you said the time has flown by and when it's all said and done, I'm only going to have had two and a half years of a regular college, which is so sad to me. Because yeah. colleges, I came in from day one knowing that this was going to be such a unique four years to have a lot of fun, meet a lot of people before you get out into the real world. And after the summer, boy, did I get a glimpse of the real world. Yeah. And it's not college. Just, yeah, it's, very <laughs> it's, much, it's, it's not college. Not, yeah. yeah. And so to, to answer your question about why I started the podcast, it speaks to exactly what you said. There's a lot of great people on this campus that I want to meet and I want to hear the backgrounds, want to have great conversations with. And I was like, I think other people should get to hear these conversations as well. And I was like, oh, let me let me start this podcast. And I'm, this episode I'm really happy about because you're the first guest I've had on that I didn't know previously. So this is actually the first time that's we're great. meeting nice. a person, having a conversation. And yeah. that's even me just putting myself out there a little bit more because it would be easy to just get all my friends on here, mm-hmm. have conversations with people that I speak to every day, which I will still keep doing because I love my friends, want to get yeah. them on here. But at the same time, want to expand, expand my horizons a little bit. So, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I, I like, I appreciate that you've, you've gone to like the lengths and depths, to like set all this up and like get the ball rolling on, on like just getting people to want to interact more in general. And also, I mean, you can only hear our voices, but the setup here is legendary. Like, this is super ins- cool. Insane setup. So it's a lot of effort <laughs> as well. So, yeah, you saw the applause for that, my <laughs> Thank guy. you. Thank you. Thank Good you. One. You saw the firsthand effort. The, yeah. The 30 really minutes did. it took to make all this fancy <laughs> equipment work. But yeah, I, I was going to mention that at the start. I am, and honestly, maybe I'll clip this and put it at the start, but I am now um, like a part of the Prince podcast section which is why I get access to all this cool equipment. And so okay. last year I recorded everything by myself in my dorm, yeah. but now I get to use their studio, all the equipment. And so yes, like Mo just mentioned, we are sitting in this dope podcast studio yeah. that I'm very excited to use. Cause all my favorite podcasts look just like this, sitting on the couch. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, you got, you got to be like that. Like I feel, I feel like a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's get into fencing in the Olympics, which. Right. <laughs> very, very, very cool. First, very basic question. The different types of fencing. So I know you are a foil, correct? What are the different types of fencing, and what like is the what differentiates them? Because I, to me, it all just looks like you know, like stabbing people in the chest. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Yeah, there's there's a lot of rules that go into each of the types, but I'll try to keep it as basic as possible. Okay. There's foil, epee, and saber. Uh, foil and epee, you hit with the tip of your uh, 
weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, in foil, you have a uh, something called a bell guard, so it just protects pretty much your hand and knuckles from like just getting jabbed. Um, but the bell guard in foil is smaller than that of saber, uh, not saber, epe, um, because in epe everything is target area from the tip of your foot to the top of your head, like everything is. So you can also hit the hand. So having the extra like, bigger guard kind of gives you an extra line of defense. Whereas in foil, you can only hit the torso and the back. Um, in epi, the blade is, is heavier and thicker. Uh, in a foil, it's it's much more like malleable. Um, so you can like, when I say back hits, you can actually like flick over the back. The, the blade will bend and then go, go back to its original shape, like completely fine. Um, and in saber, the target area is everything above the hips, including arms and head. And you hit with the side of the blade. So there's no tip um, uh, like action in that one. You just have to hit with the, the entire side. So it's like more slashing, okay. which is like, to be honest, like the more typical version of like sword fighting in mm-hmm. general. Um, the reason why foil is just a torso is because it's like, supposed to be like the art of protecting like your main organs. So that defensive line and like moving in and out is supposed to be, um, it's supposed to like encapsulate, like or capture that kind of mode of fencing. Um, Saber is a lot quicker because you have to take like split decisions uh, very like instantaneously pretty much. And most of the time, whoever takes the decision from before the action like starts and has like 100% confidence in it, most of the time they get the point. Um, but it is hard if you're a spectator from the outside. You just see like <laughs> like two fencers just clashing into yeah. each other and one person gets a point or something like that. You're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in foil and epe, um, you, so in foil, one person can only get a point at a time. Okay. Whereas, oh, the same thing with Tabor. It just depends on right of way, who's, who got the attack or the defensive action. And referees, like sometimes it's subjective, but referees call those. Um, and Epe, both people, if they both hit at the same time, they both get the point. So there's no such thing as right of way, but they have a different thing that they have to like fight against, which is wanting to like just constantly block out the opponent. Whereas if I'm attacking, I don't have to worry about blocking you out. I just have to make sure I like pass your defense or your counterattack um, for foil. But in Epe, while you're attacking, you also want to block them out. So it's something else you got to focus on. So the tempo in Epe is much slower because there's a lot more, like you have more time to make decisions, but you're also trying to like psych out your like opponent or like make them fall short or like just do the wrong action. Um, and then in foils more like there's, there's an element of slow and, and fast. Um, it just depends on your style, your footwork. Um, and like the, also the action and like where you are on the, so in French it's called a piste. Um, so what we fence on in English is strip. It's a 14 meter, um, metal strip. Um, and you can't go outside of it pretty much. It's um, a meter and a half. Well, like the width of it is a meter and a half and then 14 meters long. If you gotcha. go out of it um, on the ends, you lose a point. That that goes for epee and foil and saber. And if you go on, out, out from the sides, you have to go back a meter. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Well, see, again, that is so much nuance that I would have never known. Because like yeah, you said, yeah, yeah. from the outside looking in, I, it just looks like slashing, poking, you know. Yeah. But okay, so how did you get into fencing and how does when you get into fencing how do you decide which of the three uh, what like types or what is what's it called like 
Uh, disciplines like what is disciplines okay well like well how did you decide which of the three disciplines that you were gonna do so i started off with um back in houston i joined my local ymca for the summer (laughs) um i did i did swimming like my parents so both my parents were fencers okay before and they fenced for egypt which is why i also fenced for egypt Mm -hmm. um and i'll get into like when you choose and all that stuff like which nationality and all later um but you're so like my parents didn't want to force me into fencing so i wouldn't like grow up and just hate the sport just yeah because of them or something. I, I don't know they, i think they learned from previous like parents who forced their kids into sports so they were just like we're not going to take that route so yeah. i did i did swimming and to all the swimmers out there sorry that was just too boring for me. <laughs> <laughs> um i was also abnormally short for my age I was six at the time, okay, but like I was, I was still <laughs> very short. <laughs> what is a short six? Yeah, Aren't exactly. all short? Yeah. I was like abnormally short then and very scrawny. So I did soccer and I kept getting hurt. They played me out on the wing during that camp. And all I remember was just getting elbowed in the face <laughs> every time I tried to run against someone. Um, I did tennis and basketball basketball i kept jamming my fingers i had i had the reflex of just straight just (laughs) jabbing the the ball every time it came off the rim so that wasn't fun um and then through school you know you do like like pe activities you just do like a little bit of volleyball a little bit of um dodgeball like that's not real like dodgeball is not real sport i it might be i don't know how things work in the u.s there's like sports for almost everything now um but yeah i ended up so the last thing i did was fencing and i was like well like there's a lot of protection here so i can't really get hurt yeah uh nowadays you can still get hurt but like you know you just tough it out move on uh but like then you had like this ridiculous amount of like protective equipment um so that to me is just like a like like the the light bulb just shined on my head. I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm safe. not going to get hurt. <laughs> Doesn't matter how like scrawny I am. There's no way that I can like get injured or anything. We're good. And then my dad uh, wanted to be my coach. So that's the reason why I chose foil because both my parents did foil. Okay. So they, I just instantly went to foil. I didn't even think about Epe or Saber at all. Um, yeah, and since then, I mean, six, now I'm 20. My dad's been my coach every single day. So oh, love that. That's the story behind that. <laughs> yeah, love that. That is yeah. that is a great story. Okay, and so we're gonna just jump all the way from fencing to the Olympics, and let's start 2016 yes. Rio Olympics. Yes. When, what was the process like of qualifying for that? And tell me about that moment when you, I guess you must have won some sort of tournament when you realized, oh wow, like I am. What were you 16 at the time? And gonna 15. be. Fi- Whoa, yeah. I'm so, wow okay <laughs> i'm 15 and i'm going to be going to the olympics just walk me through that moment um well so qualifying uh for fencing uh for the olympics is over a whole year okay so it starts in may uh so let's say like the olympics for rio is 2016 so it started in may 2015 and it would end in april 2016 okay um so what you have to do is um usually what they do is there's eight teams that can qualify um, and from those eight teams, three can fen- three individuals can fence the individual event, and then they add a fourth person to join the the, the other three for the team event. Um, and Egypt had qualified for the team event. Um, I was like in and out of the team that year, um, 
But the main tournament that kind of shifted things, I got third at a senior event in the U.S. Okay. Like U.S., like uh, they call it NAX here, so North American Cups. And that kind of gave me a lot of points for my ranking in Egypt because it's an international tournament. Um, so then I went and fenced uh, all the national events, medaled in those as well. Um, at the time, the team was just, I think the oldest was 31 and the youngest was 26. Um, so me coming in as a 15 year old, obviously they did not want me there. Uh, I felt the hostility for sure. Um, I went, yeah, like me beating a couple of them at the national events did not go well with them at all. I can imagine. Yeah. I would yeah, as a 31 year old losing to a 15 year old, I'm like, what, the, what is going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then they made this criteria because they so badly did not want me to. <laughs> I don't even know if I should be saying this. But it's so no, this, far is, in the this past. is why we come to go with the flow. Cool. We want the hot off the yeah, press. This is like previous scoop. federations and stuff. Like federation yeah, yeah, yeah. now is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we so, love them. Yeah, that's yeah. Shot, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they did this thing where they just they zeroed out all our points. So, th so they automatically just told me, okay, you're not going to fence individuals, like because you're too young, inexperienced. So the best you can do is teams because I had rightfully earned it at the time. Um, so they were like, you can't be third. So th for, first, second, third in, in Egypt was already like chosen. They're all good fencers and like they did relatively well in individuals um, as well. Um, so then I was fencing off against this like 26 year old. So we would go to these tournaments and it's just whoever is better. Um, so they gave me an extra criteria where I had to be better than him domestically and internationally. But, but the points can't be added together. Okay. So I went to the domestic events and I, I literally beat him. So <laughs> so it's like, okay, come on. Like it's pretty obvious now. Um, this was in March. So it's like the cutoff for names is, is like two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And then we had a World Cup in Cuba. And that was the last qualifying one um, for like all the Olympics, like even for people of other uh, nationalities. And so it was like unheard of for like a, a youth like fencer. Um, to even make second day in like a senior event. Um, so like second day is pretty much, you fence like a whole round of pools. It was like a kind of like a round robin system. And then um, if you do super good, you get an automatic like buy into the second day. And second day is a top 64. Um, and if you don't, then you have to fence off uh, to 15 touch bouts. The round robins are fives and then um, knockouts are 15 touch bouts. And you got to fence off for that. Uh, I I remember this this moment vividly. <laughs> um, in Cuba, I'm fencing this like Hercules of a dude <laughs> from France. He used to um he used to come to camps back at my club, and he used to be the one like giving me pointers and like teaching me and stuff. So it was like he obviously saw me and he was like, ah, oh, this little kid, like this little baby to me, like I'm gonna <laughs> off the floor with him, um. I just listened to everything my dad said. It just worked. Like my dad, like literally had the key to everything uh -huh. that, that match. Um, and he generally does. He's like a whiz at fencing, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we got through that match. He got so mad. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. And, <laughs> and he actually didn't fence another international tournament after that. So he just, ah, you he just really quit. put the man out he, of business. He was 25. Like he still had years That's to go. Not even like an old man. I know. His ego was too bruised. I, 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 <laughs> I don't get why he quit. I don't get why I think we quit. just said why. He lost to a 15-year-old who he used to teach. He's like, if this kid beats me, yeah, like maybe. That, that's it for me. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I made second day and the other guy didn't. Mm -hmm. So then we got back to Egypt and then we made, my, like I just made my case. I was like, yeah, I'm better than him domestically and internationally. Like, there's no way you can kick me out of the team now. Like I've rightfully earned my spot. And they waited until May to tell me they said they they submitted a five man shortlist. Yeah. And they're like, we're still debating between you and the other guy for fourth. I was like, like okay, where's the debate? This is corruption <laughs> at its finest. Like I waited until May and then they called me and they were like, Yeah, okay, you made the team. Like, don't worry. So just show up to France and they're like on your own, because you're gonna meet with the rest of the team um and do trainings and then you're gonna go back to Egypt and then you're gonna go from there to Rio. Um so that's what we did. Um, our team at the time was pretty good. We had, um, um, or my, well, my current team captain uh, for Tokyo was also the team captain um, then in Rio. And he got a silver medal in the individual in London. Okay. So um, he's going in with like good form and everything. He just medaled in, in, in Cuba as well. He got second place in Cuba as well. Um, so yeah, he was, he was on good form. Um, the third was kind of like in and out of second days, pretty much. And then this, uh, the second was pretty, it was like just consistently like top 32, 64, 32, 64. Um, but as team fencers are pretty good. Okay. So then, um, at the end of the day, I think we got seventh in teams, uh, which isn't, isn't the greatest cause there were only eight teams. Um, but it's like it, it's hard to qualify anyway. So you qualify, you get seventh. You take what you can. Yeah, right? yeah. You take what you can. And individuals is a lot more people because there's those eight teams, three from those, and then there's individual qualifiers from the world ranking. After you take off those uh, qualified through team, and then you have zonal qualification. There's a lot more people. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that's the story about me. Yeah. Gotcha. And I, I love I love the whole. They try to keep you out, but you were too good, and they could, they couldn't do it. The skills. Yeah, I'm glad I was. I was good. I'm glad. <laughs> the, the skills. Because it, it would be a depressing story if I was like, I should have made it. Yeah, but they, and then you they, they just kicked me out. Yeah, and so even um, going to Rio, can you just speak? Because I've only heard about. Um, I was listening to this other podcast where this he was uh, a wrestler, and he spoke about the Olympic Village and how there's just like lots of restaurants like big cafeterias you just like get whatever food you want just like yeah what is it as someone who just like very much so outside looking and what even is the olympic village like or you just like bumping into kd and lebron like who, what was that actually like? loki yes wait uh, that, whoa okay <laughs> I mean, that, I, okay i don't was, think lebron was at um at, at rio. rio kd was was he re okay yeah okay yeah okay yeah you're right lebron yeah. was not at rio yes kd was and, and he, he was also at Tokyo. Yeah, he was. I yeah, saw yeah. both times. You saw, oh, okay, awesome. wait, wait, okay, wait. Quick pause. Okay. Answer, answer this question because I actually had this question. Were you able to meet any? Who was like? The, who were the coolest athletes that you got to bump into that you? Okay, that you know? bump into well the entire team USA uh, basketball team. The oh, we're talking. Did you get we're any? Talking Zach Levine. You talked to Zach Levine. Kevin Booker. No way. Yeah. Damn. Some, some, yeah. Some heavy, heavyweights in the NBA. World. You got any? You got any cool? Um, you got any pictures or no? No, no, okay, so I was in the opening ceremony and it was super dark <laughs> because the, you walk through like a, a strip, because there's no like audience. So you just walk through a strip of like light pretty much in the middle and like all the hype is coming from all the other athletes. Um, and then Team USA, like they knew people were going to bombard them. Yeah, so they went straight into like the shadowy area, uh -huh. hung out with themselves and have like, a couple people like here and there would just be like, hey, like, 
how you doing? Can I take a picture? <laughs> stuff like that. And then they just dipped after like a minute. Nice. Um, not all the team USA. Just I think it was just the basketball team. Okay. Uh, most of the other people stayed around. Um, but yeah, I think other cool people I met. Luka Doncic. You met Luka? Yeah, I saw him five times. You it met Luka insane. five times. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> He's a really cool dude. Really cool dude. He also carried Slovenia. Oh, to yeah, like he did. So semis. they almost medaled. Yeah, they yeah, lost to the semis. And they lost... By one, By one point, point in the yeah. semis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry, that dude's a, he's the future really NBA. Well. That dude's a beast. Love, yeah. love Luca. Really Dodgers. good. I met Naomi Osaka when we were getting our accreditations. Uh, Novak Djokovic. This is so cool. Keep I going. also met him in Rio. I got pictures both times. Keep going. How do you see yeah, these pictures after? Keep crazy, going. Keep going. Keep crazy. going. <laughs> um, Mark and Pau Gasol. Nice. Yeah, a lot of basketball and lot tennis of, players. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just the luck of the draw. But yeah, those are most of the people. And then like some people from Egypt who are like, you know, heavyweights in terms mm. of sports. Um, and then- Mo Salah did not, no, they didn't let him. No, uh, didn't. They didn't. I Liverpool, really wish, I yeah, really wish. Yeah, Liverpool didn't uh, let him play. Yeah. Well, it's cause I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Liverpool. You are? Before, before he signed. I'm a Man U fan, so, so that's, uh, that's kind, of, kind of tough. Some, ri <laughs> some rivalry there. Yeah. Some, although you guys have like strength and a oh, lot more. Oh, we got a squad have. now. We yeah, just got Ronaldo, but yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. That's impossible. How do you get Ronaldo? Because wow. he that was his OG club, and he called Sir Alex Ridiculous. Ferguson, and he was like, "You're not going to City. You're coming over here." And that's it. Was all said and done. <laughs> although we still need a defensive midfielder, but that is a whole different story. I think you you've got a, a class starting ten. True. Right? You, got, you got one guy who's like three stars out of five. Like oh. <laughs> Okay, and so all those people you met were across both Rio and, um, and well, no, no, uh, all the ones I just named were in Tokyo. Just in okay, yeah, okay, let's do Rio now. Do Rio, Rio, Michael Phelps. You, oh my God. yeah, keep going. Oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy's insane. His hands are like incredibly, incredibly huge, um, but like super nice guy. As yeah, well. uh, I think half of our team just went straight to him <laughs> when we saw him at the ceremony. We were like, yo, it's the legend. <laughs> We have to. Most decorated Olympian ever. Yeah. Um, saw a couple runners, but at the time I didn't know who they were. Mm -hmm. I still don't know. Don't say you saw Usain Bolt. I'll be, I do. Oh, I did. Oh, of course you I did. Of course you I actually did. did. He was wearing a hoodie trying to hide from people. Uh -huh. That didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My teammate, who's almost his height, uh -huh. um, he's at Sabre. He saw him because he's like his height, so he can. I, I don't know how, and he he actually got a picture with him, mm. and I was next to him. I didn't realize, and he goes, "Yo, that's you, Sambo." So I went, I saw him, I was like, "Hey," and he goes, "Hi." He just he just he, he just booked it. He he started realizing people saw him, and this is in the cafeteria. He's like, "No, nah, I can't hear." He just left. He just left. But yeah, I didn't see him. I saw Andy Murray. Okay, as well, um, and Nadal. Well, he was he was flag bearer, so everyone saw him. Yeah. In Rio. Um, Andy Murray, we were entering the cafeteria, dropping off our bags, and he was just there. This is absurd. Yeah, you, which is another amazing thing about the Olympics is all yeah. the best athletes from all the sports all in one location, so you are able no, to just super, interact with them. It's super nice, and I feel I I say it's convenient for someone like me because fencing doesn't get like the clout that yeah. it like God does <laughs> for like basketball, tennis, yeah. swimming, even. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's obviously not convenient for them because they're yeah, trying to focus the on their stars, events yeah. <laughs> and just eat and go to trainings and stuff. But it's, su it's super cool just being in that like environment. Like it does change you like being in that environment for like three weeks, even just makes you so professional and keeps you like on your like feet. And it just helps with how you perform at the end of the day. It's like, like 
like you being here around Princeton, like being around geniuses all the time, it makes you strive to want to be better and learn more and be more on like, re- like responsible in terms of your academics. Like it changes how you are in general. So. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it is, it's, it's a pretty rare thing. It happens every four years. Um, Corona made it five years. I was about to, that's the enough. next one's in three years. Yeah. That's a bit <laughs> yeah. odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty special. And, and like, it's rare that you have all sports, in one and location. all elite athletes from those sports Global in just one area. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is, uh, that is insane. Yeah. All the people you just said that you met, that is, yeah, well, that, that is absurd. I look back at it now. I've met a lot of really like cool people. Yeah. Yeah. You have. Okay. And so now back to Olympic village. So even yeah. outside of your, when you're not practicing and performing, obviously, what does the day to day look like? It's just like, you're going around eating, hanging um, out, shopping. Yeah. Like, what do you even do? We did. So every single day we have to do a saliva test that we do here on campus okay. once a week. Um, that was fine. After a while, you just get a routine of just how to produce saliva really quickly. <laughs> yeah. so you just get out of line. Um, typically wake up like either eight or nine in the morning, go eat breakfast. Uh, cafeteria in Rio was much bigger. This was also an indoor and outdoor one. Okay. Also like the village was huge. Mm-hmm. There were like parks, recreation centers, tennis courts, uh, basketball courts, soccer fields. Like, like we're talking like, this is like a whole like, city yeah. pretty much um the tokyo one was they I, it seemed like they had a lot of spaces for like like an expanded area but because of covid they shrunk us all to like one like mini mini island yeah it was like surrounded with like rivers and stuff um but it was it was pretty small i walked around the entire place when i after i finished my events in like 15 minutes saw everything that i had to see because it's just generally small like tall towers so that, that's how they house everyone they also had this rule where everyone had to go in um, three days before-ish okay. and then leave two days after the last event okay. just so to prevent overcrowding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, you eat in the cafeteria. It's like two floors. Um, it's never that full. Like, there's always, you know, good spacing. Also, people from different cultures eat at different times. So, And is it, and did they, is it true that they, and again, this is everything based off a of podcast, podcast I listen to, they try to have food from all over the world? Yeah, the yeah, so they had, they had uh, food for like, like Middle Eastern food, they had Asian, they had Italian, um, and I mean like mixed European food. It was just like, some of, some of the stations were the same every day and some of them like switched up a couple, a couple of their plates here and there. And was there a McDonald's? There was none. Uh, but, not this time, not, but, but there was in Rio. There was right? in Rio, and, and it, it was usually really popular. It was oddly uh, full all the time. <laughs> I don't from day one, like before events started, like people were just munching on McDonald's, McDonald's yeah. and I would know because our balcony oversaw where the McDonald's area was because it was in like a whole park, and there would just be a huge line just like outside of it all these elite like all athletes the way to buildings. Just, yes yeah, we just, want mcdonald's before like, we win gold medals why is, not right? i love that they're just you're, you're all just regular people at the end of the day yeah <laughs> um okay and so you've gone into a little bit of some of the differences between rio and tokyo but what would you say was like the most not i mean obviously covid being over like Ha- be hanging over the head of it yeah. was the biggest thing that would have impacted how the experience was but other than that, would you say that, and obviously no fans being there, was there anything else that was really like a glaring change from your experience in Rio this past this past summer? I think being, I was number one ranked in Egypt. Okay. So I was like for sure going to fence individual and team events. So fencing both of those events 
and also having a much higher ranking than I was back when I was 15 is it really changed my perspective pretty much on the Olympics and my experience as well. Like I had two events that I had to prep for like mentally over the summer mm -hmm. and physically as well. Um, which kind of got ruined because I got Corona like a month before the Olympics. But what? Yeah. So there was a chance you might not have been able to go. Yeah, there, I mean, there was a slight chance. I mean, a month, okay. A but month there was a huge chance where like the Federation was thinking of like just replacing me because I- They're out this, to get you. I, Sounds like this Federation is out to like, get you. <laughs> physic physically speaking, you can't recover like from a month. So like you, I was sick for two of those weeks, um, had all the symptoms except for fever. You don't train for- like two weeks it takes typically a month to get back to like tip-top shape um, muscle memory is super important in fencing as well so what really drove me through like like the whole olympics and like getting quarterfinals and stuff was just literally just adrenaline and belief and it was like mind over matter really i think having gone through covid i'm also like just a very like go with the flow <laughs> Shout out to the yeah, podcast. God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's I'm what we're very, doing. Like, yeah, we go just, with the flow. It is what it is type of vibes. So I, I never really let stuff like, like just drag me down type of thing. Love that. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to with sports. Um, so you're always going to have ups and downs. You can't, you can't let it like define you as a person. Yeah. Every single and even day. just in life too. That's, yeah, exactly. Which is why sports yeah, are a great exactly. thing you to do to get you prepared. For you got to believe in yourself. You got to trust your like training. Um, for sure and just go out there and just it, it's cliche to say again but like just enjoy it yeah i literally just go out there to do what you've been working on and and don't doubt yourself just 100 percent confident um confidence in your actions um in your coach and what he sees obviously my, my coach my dad your so dad, i yeah. definitely <laughs> trust him um but yeah in general yeah just yeah you, you can't you can't do all the work that you've done and go through your negatives and like if you had corona and stuff like that you just can't go through all that and then just go there and just like throw your towel and be like yeah. i'm not gonna achieve anything here like yeah you might as well shoot for the shoot for the gold and see what happens i yeah. mean i had super high ambitions going in and then um after i got sick i had no ambitions going <laughs> in i was like physically speaking this is impossible um I did like EKGs and stuff, and yeah, the results were really bad. <laughs> really bad. My recovery rate was abysmal. Um, but um, yeah, like I said, mind over matter. I mean, I, I have this belief, there's a saying that I learned a long time ago where training is 90% physical, 10% mental, mm -hmm. and competitions are 90% mental, 10% physical. I like well, that. You can really overcome anything. I mean, all the guys that I fenced were like in tip top shape. I obviously don't know they're like, their background before because stuff like this you want to keep hidden from your opponents so they don't like play on it pretty yeah. much well so was this common knowledge that you had covered a month before or no uh no i, I only like let people know I mean, other than my teammates i only oh. let people know until after because it's it's like the same thing as like if you had a sprained ankle or like a surgery or something like that you don't want people knowing because then they'll play on it yeah and they'll force you to like have to deal with the issue that you don't want to have to deal with and that'll change your game and also change the way that they play. Like you watch video, you watch tape and you memorize and you do all your studies. If they just come out playing on one thing or like everything, all that goes to waste. Yeah, It's more beneficial to not tell people. Um, but I think like I even shocked like all my teammates how much I was just up and down the strip, just like a madman, like pretty <laughs> much. I was just giving it my all really. Um, Cause I knew like my technique was there for sure. Like the muscle memory again, like, but, for Fetsy for 14 years so I, I 
two weeks not fancy, you'll still remember how to fence. Yeah. Um, you have your catalog of like actions that you can do and all that. Um, but yeah, like I mean, you know, in any sport, if you're not physically fit, <laughs> technique just flies out the window. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I am not nothing close to an Olympic athlete. <laughs> not, not even close. As a track star in middle school, did okay in basketball and soccer in high school. But yeah, definitely, definitely yeah, that agree. still applies for any level, yeah. really. <laughs> and so, um, back to the real quick, the uncertainty about the Tokyo Olympics in general. Was there ever a point where you thought that, you, first of all, explain how you felt when you first heard it was getting postponed, and did you ever think that there was going to be a point where they were just going to cancel the Olympics full on? Yeah, so well, I qualified February 2019. Okay. Um, so I was like, you know, like you qualify, you're like, hey, I'm going to the Olympics, yeah. right? So now I can shift my like mentality to like actually competing in like six months, or actually four months. Um, and then March was the last qualifying event for fencing, and I flew all the way over to California because that's where the event was. And then the day of the tournament, they canceled it because of Corona and everything. So I flew all the way back before like Trump did the ban travel ban and all yeah. that stuff. It wasn't clear. Like afterwards, I realized I could have left whenever just to leave the country. But it wasn't clear then. So yeah. <laughs> our federation was like, you got to get back before Friday. <laughs> Come on. Um, so, yeah, that kind of was a bummer. But everyone was like, like oh, it's just like, like a bad version of the flu or something like it'll go away in a month or two. Clearly that <laughs> yeah. did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we went into April thinking like maybe by like all tournaments will just be canceled. Um, like the rest of the season, even post qualifying. And then we'll just go straight to the Olympics. And they told us in May, I think beginning of May or something like the uh, international federation or like Olympics is officially postponed until next summer. So that's, I instantly knew, like, I'm not taking another gap year. Like, I'm already qualified, so I'm just going to go back to school. Yeah. Um, and at the time, like, Princeton was also, like, they were, like, we could do, like, in-person slash online. And then, like, they just revoked that, like, last, last oh, yeah. second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah that, that was rough. That was, some, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty rough. Um, I didn't mind staying at home with my parents. I mean, it's completely fine. Home-cooked meals. Yeah, exactly. With your, I mean, with your coach slash dad. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, got to yeah. walk to a dining hall. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 Everything's yeah. just close by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's kind of a bummer um, having to wait a whole year and then always hearing like rumors that the Japanese public, it was like 80% of them didn't the want the didn't Olympics approve. to happen. Yeah. They were willing to pay more taxes to cover the cost of the Olympics, yeah. which is absurd. Like, they really did not want this <laughs> yeah. to happen. Um, and it would be like every other month they go into like a state of emergency. So it was like, it was definitely looking like it was just not going to happen. And my gap year is just wasted. Yeah. Not really wasted. You know, you grow as a person in yeah. general. But you know what I mean? Athletically speaking, just wasted. Um, yeah. So I think until, it's also hard to practice. It's super hard to practice because you want to do a preseason. You want to do an in-season training. You want to work on like the weaker parts of your like body that like got weaker over the breaks and stuff like that. I literally took three months off, like three full months off just to like, cause I, before that I hadn't taken any time off at all for like three years straight. Uh, cause you, you kind of can't for the Olympics, you'd take like a month off. And I was like, you're kind of jeopardizing your position pretty much Yeah. in terms of rankings and stuff. Um, but also our, our, our seasons from November to July, but then you'd get like half of August off and you got to do preseason again anyways. Mm -hmm. so, 
Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was after those first three months that like, it was it was clutch because I could actually just be a pure student. Yeah, for like college, for like the first which, time ever. <laughs> so helped, so helped. Just being there every single day for class. Um, I think it was after winter break where I started picking up training again, but it was like super light, like three or four times a week as opposed to six. Um, and then there was word that there might be the last qualifying event had to take place so we could like officially uh, finish off like all the other people started to qualify. And they moved it from Anaheim, because the U.S. was not in a state to host anything, to Doha in, in Qatar. Qatar? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was pretty neat. Like I, I also made second day that tournament. Um, it was held in March, so I had like three months of good training. It was fine. Um, obviously not tip top shape. No one kind of was. I mean, been rusty for almost for a year actually at that point. Um, and then they canceled all the other tournaments <laughs> after. So we're like, okay, back to normal. And they were like, the Olympics is definitely happening. Like I think by the end of May. So as soon as like the semester ended, mid-May, um, I like kind of knew, okay, like now we can do camps and stuff. So our federation planned camps. I did the camp in Egypt, uh, obviously after I got Corona. So I was like, I didn't really do a camp in Egypt. I recovered for like, did half a week of my own training, like my own, like with the physical trainers and everything, just to like recuperate as much as I could. Um, they also did not want to test me because they were worried that if it was that bad, I would just be demoralized. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, it's better that you don't know what your current condition is, and which is kind of a huge risk. Yeah, I don't uh, know Very huge risk. Yeah. But you know, I'm, just, I'm here, I'm there alive. There we go, so go. doing go with the flow, yep. Yeah, um, yeah, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, hey, go with the flow, um, man, that's it. So then we went to Russia, and we did a camp there for a week and a half with their Olympic team, and like, et cetera, like co, like, um, and then we went to Japan for a week and a half as well. Uh, just get like, uh, used to the weather, the humidity, time change. Um, we also had to like do a mini quarantine if we wanted to be one of the first teams into the village. Um, and then we moved into the village on the 20th opening ceremonies, 23rd, I fenced 26 in the 1st of August. So yeah, I mean, that's the progression of how. It went from being postponed to potentially canceled to happening. So, nice, yeah. nice. Okay, and then a few more quick questions. Yeah, of course. First, about the those cardboard beds were a huge <laughs> story. Can you tell me how comfortable those were and were they actually feasible to sleep on? Yeah, it's very comfortable. Oh. Also, all the stories that were related to it completely false. Okay. I, I learned a year before the original date that they were trying to be as sustainable as possible. So the they made all the walls out of like clay and drywall so they could just chip it away and just reuse the clay. They um, had like installed um, portable bathrooms and showers. Um, I think the tables were made out of sustainable materials while the cardboard, obviously you can recycle that. Um, yeah, there was, it was comfortable only because I, I, as an engineer, I so just want to analyze the way that this bed was made. <laughs> I, I literally, first day I was there and I was like, so intrigued. So I took off the mattress uh -huh. <laughs> and I just stared at it. And I was like, this is so genius. 
Um, I'm not going to get into detail. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just there having like a mini geek moment. <laughs> they like origami filed them all the uh, cardboard together and they used pretty thick cardboard. Um, um, it was really sturdy. Like I genuinely tried to break it <laughs> and I could have almost like dislocated my shoulder trying. So, um, no, cause that was, cause that was my thing. <laughs> cause he, <laughs> yeah, no, no cause I one, full on ran into it and just bounced off. I would just I love to like, see the oh. videos of you just in your room by yourself. Like, okay, let me try to mess this. No, thing I also up. had a roommate and we were both trying it. <laughs> just like, jumping at the yeah. same time on the bed. Yeah. No, cause when that came out, the reason they would think it was like, Oh, to prevent the athletes from having sex. But but I was like, if you look absolutely at absolutely not, I was about to that's say, I don't, the, the I, falsest room I've yeah, ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, first of all, if you look at like a gymnast who you probably, three of them probably weigh the same as like like a heavyweight rower. Yeah, something. exactly. So the like logic the, of that. Yeah, it just didn't awesome. make any sense. Okay, good to but know. But obviously, obviously, if you make a bed, like let's say you're on it and you have some of your equipment or stuff or your yeah. laundry bed then it will break. Like, yeah. <laughs> and obviously not trying to make things that inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, okay. So good good to know the beds yeah. were actually very sturdy and feasible. Yeah, and they were comfortable because the mattresses, they were like, they did this like zip up mattress where they had three cushions in it and you could flip them around, kind of like Tempur-Pedic stuff. Mm. And you just had different levels of like, uh, like hard, soft, medium that you could use. So you just customize it. Like like they had like a whole like thing plastered onto the, the, uh, the back of the bed, mm -hmm. like explaining how to use the bed. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, wait, real quick, was your roommate just one of your teammates? Yeah. Okay. He was gotcha. the other guy from, uh, he goes to Penn State. Oh, okay. Gotcha. College guy. Gotcha. And then other question, you, over the course of this, this podcast that we've done like an hour and five minutes now, you've probably mentioned like 15 countries at least that you've traveled to. Yeah. So very well-traveled man. Where would you say has probably been the favorite place that you've traveled to for fencing um for oh for fencing okay so okay fine do not a do for fencing then after do just like in in your general travels okay. um for fencing tokyo because we oh, we have a world cup there or oh, should i list the world cups that we have every year yes please yeah, i so want to know i want to know where you've been i yeah, want to see your i so, also want to see your passport well well, well, <laughs> well stamped <laughs> say that um um, okay, so the junior circuit's different, so I won't name that because I'm done with juniors now. Mm -hmm. But the uh, the senior circuit's great; like they treat us so well. First one is in Bonn, Germany. Um, second one is Tokyo. Um, third one is Paris. Fourth one is Torino. Uh, I think in English they name it Turin. Okay, that's Italy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Italy, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, then the next one is Egypt. Homeland, let's home. go. <laughs> home competition. Uh, yeah. And then the one after that is uh, typically in the U.S. They usually do it in California between San Jose, Anaheim, and uh, San Francisco or, or L.A. as well. Um, and you have a break for um, April because that's when Junior Worlds are. Um, and then in May, we have St. Petersburg and Shanghai. Gotcha. Whoa. Yeah. Quite the location. Quite the circuit. That's yeah. almost as cool as the F1 circuit. Yeah, yo, don't, well, don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I know, yeah, we have time for F1. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to get you back on here to talk, <laughs> to talk about F1. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. So we've already done. We, this great, great first episode of the season, by the way. An hour and seven minutes in. That's it's nice. gone great. How long are you? 
like episodes typically? Um, the long this is shaping up to be the longest I've done. I think the longest I've done oh. has been like an hour oh. ten. They're typically definitely like, has not felt like an hour. That's to a, tell you that. that, that I, ag I agree with you. It, yeah. That's which is what I love so much about this. We could probably go for another hour, but I yeah. know you have stuff to get to. I have stuff oh, to get to. Cool. So we will get to the tiger confession section which if you don't know oh, i started doing this like an episode from episode like three or four last year i would just go on tiger confessions scroll through find questions that people ask about whatever just post people make and i'll just like read it out loud we talk okay. about it answer the question so i have two here um one which you kind of already actually no i'll read it out anyway first one says freshman here really overwhelmed by the party culture here Will this be the main way of socializing at Princeton for all four years? I will let you, guests always answer first. Well, Just any reaction, answer, whatever you have in response I to that. instinctively want to say no. As a freshman, I made a bunch of friends. Um, I, I did go to, I only went to one party because that was an alum banquet, pretty yeah. much. I also like, I did not have the time. I have to stress that. Like I was, <laughs> I was all over the place, um, like physically, not mentally. Yeah. I also was mentally all over the place. <laughs> I had so much to take care of. Um, but yeah, no, you can definitely make friends uh, freshman year. And I think that'll just continue on. Like you don't have to go to parties all the time to make friends. Um, if you're on a team as well, I don't know if this freshman's on a team. If you're on a team, yeah, you're pretty much set for like networking pretty yeah. much. I mean, your friends have friends, your teammates have other friends. You'll get to know a lot of people. Um, so yeah. And also I feel like the student athlete, um, like, connection is pretty pretty tight ish like we just we see another student athlete we're like hey yeah how you doing? <laughs> nice. yeah it's pretty much yeah you should you should listen to my episode from last season revenge of the narps with my friend Gabby one of my favorite episodes oh my from God. last season um but yeah basically like you said definitely the party culture here and the eating clubs are not the only way to socialize yeah definitely. and to be honest even like partying at the eating clubs and even like over the summer this year when you go out to party that isn't really like any type of substantial socializing i don't know how many great friends i'm meeting on nights out mm -hmm. all my friends i'm meeting <laughs> in classes in dorms at events at different things so i wouldn't be stressed which again should help you because the eating clubs aren't open to everybody yet there's many other ways that you're going to meet great people and form substantial relationships in the dining hall met people in the dining hall met people in oaca so to answer your short answer, no. The only way to socialize isn't at the party culture. And you probably, it's like a very shallow type of connection, which I, is not unique to Princeton. I just think that's how it is when you go out. I'm not going out trying to meet like a, my, like a best friend or like my wife or something like that. I'm just going out to have a good time. So yeah. don't stress about not, if you don't love the party culture here, it's okay. You'll be able to meet great people everywhere else because like we said earlier there's so much to do that you should take advantage of yeah you'll have classes you'll have um clubs as well yeah oh true i yeah, didn't say clubs a exactly lot of join club clubs join a club well, yeah, join a club or two or three meet people yeah, yeah exactly yeah and then like like i said those people will know people yeah so. yeah 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 you're um, set you're set yeah 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 you'll this, be okay you'll be okay this don't, freshman should not worry <laughs> yeah, don't stress <laughs> and then second one which of these two do i want no we kind of talk about that one so we'll do this one um, it says, kind of ridiculous that frosh party like sardines the first day without COVID testing results and without mask when we got disciplinary probation and kicked off campus. And I'm just going to guess this is a 2024 because, ooh, they are salty on Tiger Confessions. <laughs> they, feel, they feel very hated yeah. and like the university did not love them. But what is your reaction to that? I mean, what are they saying? Like, 
first day there were parties and like they still hadn't been tested yeah compared to how last semester was just it was i don't know how we got through last semester that shit was trash it was yeah. bad <laughs> but that, I, we'll get I, more into that i wouldn't know the on-campus experience yeah but i mean yeah that is kind of risky i won't lie everyone's coming from like different states and stuff um do you have to get tested when you're like crossing states or no um crossing states no i know everyone had to get tested like when we, right when we when we moved back to campus yeah yeah crossing states i no, don't think okay. that's the thing i think for international students they didn't have to worry about that because we got tested way too many times yeah. <laughs> to get into the u.s yeah um and i'd say yeah domestically yeah because there's no like travel ban on that stuff like it probably was a huge risk of just also like the mask mandate is pretty loose around here um especially like, when you're outside you're outside like yeah free air um but yeah inside it's like are you in your dorm? Do you have people over? Are you in a common room? Are you in a class? Like, there's all there's different rules for all these different things. So you can't expect everyone to read all the emails that yeah, they get as yeah. well. And if you th if you think the mask mandate is bad now, you should have seen the fall the spring semester. Really? The stupid that fucking social contract. Oh my god. <laughs> the 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 fact that we I, I, I'll get into that. On a, we yeah we'll get into that some other time. But yeah, that it was bad in the fall in the spring. It was yeah. bad. But in response to this, I will just say. I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, I understand it. If everyone's been looking forward to coming back and seeing everybody, we're all back on our friends. So it's a college campus. People are going to party. There's, I, I think by like, at, like two weeks ago, 99% of students had been vaccinated. And yes, there will be breakthrough cases. So it is risky, but also not terribly risky. At this point a weekend, I think the infection rate is very low. I don't want to say a number because I don't want to be wrong, but it's very, very low. So this is a, a probably a salty sophomore. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry your freshman year was so trash. I'm sorry you're a freshman again, basically. But things are going to get better. I understand it. And I bet you if you're in the same position as the freshman, you would have been doing the exact same thing. So that's that's all I got to say to that. But this, we've now done an hour and 13 minutes. I think this takes the record for the longest podcast. Nice. But it has been a great episode. Let's go. Great start to the season. Great start. Mo, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man, my Do you pleasure. Have any, any final words for the people? Uh, have a good year. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, just uh, stay focused, but... Uh, don't take life too seriously. Exactly. So to go put with that the to, flow. Hey. Oh, let's go. I was about to say to put that succinctly, go with the flow. But yeah. he took the words right, right out of my mouth. But yeah, that has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you all for listening. Pull up.